Okay, episode seven, MZ Sports, I'm MZ. Um, my outfit for this podcast today on a Thursday morning, uh, because we had the longest, you know, I'm doing a Thursday morning because we had Wednesday day football, which is odd, um, in the longest week of the NFL, but all of that news got overshadowed for me when they decided to not tender Kyle Schwarber. So my outfit is my gold trim 2016 World Series Schwarber jersey that um, as soon as they released the gold jerseys I had to have, it was it was a must-have for me, and I wear it to almost every game, and I love it, and it is my second Schwarber jersey, so he's one of my favorite players. Um, I would say that out of all the gear I have, and I have a lot of gear, I could. I have said numerous times that the amount of Cubs gear that I have, I could outfit my entire, every employee at, at my job, and then some, and this is my favorite. It's just my, I love it so much, and uh, I'm really going to miss him. You know, there's so many good uh, moments in time that he had, and, you know, the way, from the way he swings the bat to his little thuggish ruggish, which I wasn't going to mention, but you have to. It was his walk-up song for, what, four, four or five years. And he, I wasn't going to mention it because Bone Thugs played at Sturgis and they're on a two-year timeout for me. But um, I do feel like, you know, like became a part of his little persona. I mean, he, he was from Ohio and, not, you know, he chose the thuggish ruggish. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, we have his ball encased on the Budweiser sign. It's like this dude it just meant so much to Chicago and I know the fans really love him and it's really unfortunate that uh, they're not going to bring him back. And, and you kind of knew that, you know, when Theo went, it, well, they've been kind of talking about how, why the Cubs kept Schwarber because he's a potential great DH and why they didn't trade him to the American league to use him on the DH and blah, blah, blah. And then, and that would be because of Theo, Theo loved him and wanted him to stay and, you kind of had that little the little voice in the back of your head when they got rid of Theo or when he decided or whatever that y- you weren't going to get a lot of Schwarber action, you know, that Jed wasn't going to keep him. And sure enough, him and Almora were the two uh, right the two first non-tenders and then uh, Ryan Tapura. And um, I don't... Here, Here's my thing, okay? So, like... The thing that sucks about the Schwarber, obviously, is that I, I don't want to see him play in, like, a fucking Brewers or in a Reds uniform for the next couple of years. Like, I, I hope he goes into whatever out-of-market play that doesn't show in Chicago because I just, I, I can't mentally handle that. But, like, they haven't even solidified what's going to happen with the DH this year because, you know, they, they implicated it in the National League uh, over the 2020 season just to give some extra, you know, just to take some relief off of the pitchers and stuff like that, and, and they're talking about making it league-wide, and that is one little thing about 2020 that the MLB kind of snuck in, that they were like, oh, well, because they've been trying to get the DH in, in the National League, and they've fought it, and, and honestly, I'm not a fan. Like, I like when the pitchers pitch, and, and you know, I, I think that, I don't know, I just like it. That's baseball, you know? You want to throw the ball, you got to be able to at least stand up there and hit the ball or something. I don't know. I just like it. I like those at-bats, and I think it, I, but, um, you know, I've been watching the National League my whole life, so that's probably why I like that and probably why I'm into that, but they haven't really solidified it, so, you know, these guys that are going on free agency and stuff, you know, especially a Schwarber type where you he really doesn't play left field very well, you really put him out there for his bat, you're kind of uh, limiting where they can go or wh- they have to kind of wait until 
you know, they say what they're going to do with the DH so that they can kind of go somewhere where they're going to be used. And if it's universally uh, used in the whole league, then, you know, they can go anywhere. But if you if he has the intention of going somewhere where he wants to be a DH, he'll go to the American League. If it's not universalized, then I just it's really tough just because, like, he's my favorite. And I just don't feel like, you know, I don't know. Uh, it just hurts. This one hurts a bit. Um, I did make a small batch of cookies and hate eat them last night. So I had a bit of a tummy ache on account of that because, you know, that's what you do when your favorite players no longer on the team. And I, I do feel like it's a year of pain in terms of uh, many, many things and sports continues to uh, grind it in. And, and, you know, Almora, I wasn't in, in, in particularly surprised about because I don't think that he's fully mentally recovered after uh, his bat, broken bat, hit that young gal, that four-year-old gal who ended up in the hospital. And I don't know what that, I can only imagine what that would do to your inner psyche. But, you know, he seems like the kind of guy who, like, really is very empathetic. I don't know if he's a cancer or what his deal is, but uh, he just, I just felt like he, that kind of weighed on his mind for a long time and he kind of never really got back in the groove and, you know, I do wish him all the luck. I, I hope that he goes somewhere and he really does well because I think he's a really great ball player and I really appreciate what the two of them did for the Cubs and and I really hope that, you know, I don't know. Jed did say that potentially Schwerber could come back, but I feel like that's some bullshit thing you say when, like, everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? And then he's like, well, wait a minute. We could bring him back. It's like you have zero intention of bringing him back. Like, you're such a fucking asshole. Um, but he got to do, he got to do Cause we weren't winning any games. And, and like I said, when they played in the wild card, you're not going to win any games if you ain't scoring any runs. And, and honestly, so they, they tendered Chris Bryant, which I was a little bit more surprised. I thought they were going to let Bryant go and tender Schwerber a little bit more. Uh, they seem to hang on to Bryant and, and I don't feel like his swing is fully recovered since his shoulder issue, but I do, I thought, I felt like. Bryant wanted out the last two years and he kind of just played because he wanted the big contract. They didn't give it to him. And I feel like he really didn't, he wasn't really like grooving in, you know, two years ago, he was really kind of had that, like, I really wanted to get paid and he kind of didn't play very well. And then last year he had that, like, all right, you know, like this might be our last year together, all of us. So like, let's, let me like put, put up a little bit. But I feel like, you know, I was kind of prepared for the Bryant uh, exit. And I, I felt a little bit more prepared for that than I did for the Schorber. And um, it did surprise me a little bit. But um, I would have been more upset if they if they didn't tender Bias. Because, I, and, you know, Bias swings to the heaven or whatever. But you can't lose that guy. I mean, you got to put all you got in it in designing him for however long it takes. You know, him and Rizzo. You, you, you got to do those guys. That's just, that's just good baseball. So with all that being said, uh, I love Schwarber and I, I wish him the best. And, you know, I'm going to rock this jersey as much as I can. I'm still going to wear it to every single Cubs game whenever they allow us back there in nine fucking years, whenever this shit is over. Um, all right, so let's get into it. It's the longest week in NFL history, and that is due to COVID. Um, and so I know that last podcast I had mentioned why the Ravens, um, had all those positive tests, so they will be fined. Um, let's just, (laughs) let's just open with all the fines. So like they kept, they kept going on about, um, 
you know, rescheduling and rescheduling because they kept getting more and more positive. So the, the, at one point, the Ravens had about 20 players, including Lamar Jackson, that had tested positive or were in the protocol uh, around people that were tested positive. I mean, when you have that many players, it's wild to me. So it did seem like the league was bending over backwards to do everything they could to get the Ravens to play, which seemed kind of bogus. If I was a Niners fan or if I played for the Niners or if I was a Broncos fan this week and I'll get into what happened with them, um, I would be fucking pissed. I would be like, why are you bending over backwards to let them play? Like the Niners played with half their fucking team. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, what is it about the Ravens? I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe they got the, the love for the khakis, you know, that Harbaugh love, but they, uh, they seem to want to do everything they could to move the Ravens all around. And um, it did seem kind of bogus. And Goodell didn't really have a lot of his whole theory about it was that they it was like through no fault of their own, although they're still getting fined because the coach blatantly neglected the mask protocol. It's all very convoluted the way and Goodell does not explain it properly. But what, what did you expect from this dude? I mean, he fucking sucks. Um, so, okay, so they're, the, the Ravens are going to get fined. That's, that's what's up. I mean, they, that's just what's going to happen. But then they've got um, the Patriots are going to get fined 350000 uh, from when uh, Mr. Peanut, when he got it in October, there was some uh, protocol violation. So they're going to get a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, a bill for that 350k. Saints are getting billed 500k and docked a seventh round pick uh, for their massless locker room celebration. The reason why they got that was because of their their repeat offenders. So you get the 500k. So Peyton and Gruden can talk about that in their next phone call to each other. Um, so uh, the Niners, okay, so the Niners had to play with half a team a couple, uh, about a month ago or so, because all their team, you know, a lot of their team got COVID, and it's not just getting it, but it's like, once you, once one of your players gets it, then they contact Trace, you know, you wear the, um, the little bracelets and the tracers, and anybody who's been around you for a certain amount of time, they determine whether or not you've been in contact, and that means that then you also go on to the, uh, reserve and obviously if you've been in contact you test negative you come back faster than if you were confirmed positive um but the Niners had to play with half a team so what happened with the Broncos um was I, I don't know really what happened there it seems like a lot of ball dropping so what happened was is that um Drew Locke got it okay and then all of the three subsequent QBs that back him up were too close. Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't Drew Luck. It was um, Driscoll. Driscoll got it. All the other remaining QBs decided to go maskless to look at the film, and they all then were in contact. So all four of them were um, ineligible to play on Sunday. So they put them on the COVID list on Saturday night. So they played the afternoon slot, right? So they were all, um, so they were, okay, so they were all ineligible as of Saturday night. 
so that's like, you're fucked. I mean, what the fuck do you do, right? So <laughs> you, you're like, shit, who do we do? So now they're trying to see what wide receiver or what um, they try to do an assistant coach. And every single turn, they were getting blocked by the NFL. And they had said that there's not going to be a postponement because the reason why the Ravens got postponed, this is where the bullshittery comes in real hard uh, from Goodell, is that the Ravens got postponed because they were, it wasn't, is technically negligent, even though the coach who didn't wear the mask, it, w- it was a repeat offender of ne- like had, had adamantly said that he wasn't wearing the mask and he didn't wear the contact tracer. So that's fucked up. But then the Broncos, they go into this meeting willing or knowingly not wearing the mask, knowing that, you know, this could be potential uh, for them to be disqual- ineligible. And uh, they certainly will. So then so the league is adamant about them playing. Right. So they're like, you got to fucking play. You got to fucking play. So now they're trying to get an assistant coach to, to qualify as a quarterback. So they get this guy who legit was in sales like a fucking month ago, this wide receiver they had. And they get him. They're trying to get him. <laughs> He's like, he was doing sales a month ago. It's absolutely wild. Like, it is fucking wild to me that they're just like, yeah, no, he's got to play. He's got to play. Um, truly crazy. And uh, Fangio was all heated up about it on both accounts. He was disappointed. There's no, di- you know, he's disciplining them. He's going to get them to do whatever. And, it, it, you know, he's going he's gonna to handle it internally. But then also the league will probably find them. So they don't, th- there's some sort of language in the contract that the, NF- uh, the NFL and the Players Association signed where if the players get it because of the players, this is where the kind of bullshittery begins, is that if the players get it because of the players, meaning that the, the, the QBs went into this little tape meeting knowingly not wearing masks, that they could potentially get fined, that they have to play. But if a coach gives it to them, which I, I don't understand this language, if a coach gives it to them a la the Ravens, they're not as, you know, technically so-called accountable. It's all fucked. I don't know why they didn't just make the Ravens play Thursday night with their half-bullshit team. They did it to the Niners. They essentially did it to the Broncos. I I don't really fucking understand, but whatever. So Broncos play this. They're just decimated from uh, this COVID. And so then uh, they play their game or whatever. And then after, they're now keeping Blake Bortles in, in isolation, which honestly, uh, they had. Uh, there had been a couple of analysts who had said in the beginning of the season, you know, if you, if you really want to make sure that you succeed this season, you need to take like almost extreme protocol. So why wouldn't you keep a QB in isolation? He's your guy. He's your main. That's what everything is centered around. He's your nucleus. So why wouldn't you take him? take one out of the equation and just to make sure. So uh, it did seem kind of foolish, you know, for the Broncos not to do that. But who would have thought? Who would have thought? But turns out that so now they're going to do that. Now they're going to keep Bortles in isolation. And then everybody went ballistic on Twitter about how, why aren't they signing Kaepernick? And he's the left and you're going to put a guy who was in fucking sales a month ago instead of Kaepernick. And it, that should have been knocked down right away. They should have just came out and said, we can't sign him. It's only 24 hours since we play. And you are any new 
person you bring in, new player that you bring in, has to go through COVID protocol. So even if they brought Kaepernick in, he wouldn't have been eligible to play on Sunday. So everybody was dropping a nut for no fucking reason because there was, it was, there was no time. There was no fucking time. And obviously they weren't going to give the Broncos the same consideration they gave the Ravens. So they were playing no matter what at that midday slot, and that's the end of it. So everybody, like, dropped a fucking, you know, blew a gasket over it. But whatever, so they ended up playing. And then also uh, another COVID-related situation is uh, the Niners, again, getting totally restricted. Uh, the Santa Clara, where they play, has new COVID restrictions, so nobody can fly in. And you, there's, like, a two... Uh, you, if you fly in, you have a two-week quarantine, so people can't play there. So now the Niners, uh, for the rest of the season, are playing in Arizona. They're going to share the Arizona facility, and uh, this, is, this is what it is. Adapt, yo. Guess what? You thought you lived in, in Santa Clara? Well, now you live in Arizona, so fuck off. Um, I, I don't know how Shanahan's dealing with it over there, but it seems to be that he's just taking hits left and fucking right. I mean, with the kettle and the garops and all the COVID, and, and I, I just, I don't know. Good for him, though, if he's keeping it on the up and ups, because... You're you gotta <laughs> you're basically uprooting your whole team here at uh, uh for week thirteen and on. I mean, and if they I can't remember if they're in the hunt, they probably aren't. But if potentially they end up getting in the hunt because of such a weird ass season, and everybody's just like, you know, gonna be five and six or six and six or whatever in the next coming week, then you're you know your your whole team is moving for what is it? It'll be four five or six weeks. I mean, that's fucking crazy. And Gadella said that he recently came out and said that he was not in favor of the bubble and that his protocols were working, which I thought was an interesting move, given the fact that uh, a team has to completely relocate. A team didn't play for uh, almost an entire week. And you're telling me that your protocols work. It's similar to when Gruden, half of the Raiders had COVID and Gruden was like, nah, man, we got it covered. Like, I, I don't know what delusions these are, but, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out for you, Goodell. We shall see. Um, so let's get into the games. So we had, we had a lot of games, <laughs> seemingly. We had a lot of days that football was played on, let's say that. So uh, we got those Thanksgiving games, and, and I previously stated that, you know, the games weren't going to be good on account of the teams being so shitty, and it turns out I was a little bit right. So uh, that the, the morning game, we had Texans over Lions. Now they're both 4-7. and seven. So uh, Watson puts up 41 points. I mean, he just straight up blasts off, and, I, you know, good for him, I guess. They paid him all that fucking money. It's about goddamn time. So I had mentioned before about how Maddie Patricia um, – they, they kind of the Lions kind of didn't have any respect for him in the locker room or whatever, and it, it turns out they uh, turns out they didn't because they fired him on Saturday. So they fired Matt Patricia and the GM Bob Quinn. And um, something fun about that, which is a real petty move that I'm very much into, is that Lions fans were donated to Deshaun uh, donating to Deshaun Watson's charity. Uh, they were donating thirteen dollars. Because that's how many wins Matt Patricia got them in his tenure of being a coach, and uh, and then because they got because essentially that game got Matty Patricia fired, the fans were donating thirteen dollars because that's how many wins, which is just like such a fucking deep ass cut, and I love it. 
and I'm not super into Michigan, but fuck, man, uh, way to go. I don't know whoever thought about that. It's kind of brilliant. Um, to, there are, you know, in the beginning, there were a lot of turnovers, and you're watching the game, and you're just like, ah, oh, God, this game fucking sucks. Um, but, you know, you could have flicked on the Macy's Parade, all right? Anyway, um, one thing I really liked about that game was that they brought out for the anthem, they brought out a baby grand piano in the end zone, which I thought was like, they were trying to class this shit up a little bit, all right, with the fucking baby grand for the Thanksgiving day. It was, uh, it was, it was something. I, me and my mom were kind of laughing about it. Um, just seemed a little excessive, but hey, yo, when you got, when you got that early morning slot, you know, everybody in America's watching. So bust out that baby grand and put your heart into it. Then the afternoon game was the uh, Washington football team over the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, Washington football team, Alex Smith, he brought it. They brought it up, and that was it. And they fucking won. So they're four and seven. Cowboys are three and eight. Uh, fuck, I don't know about those guys. Um, but, yeah, so then we went into the Sunday game. So, you know, you had your Thanksgiving games. You wanted to watch the Ravens, obviously, Thursday night. But instead, I would assume everybody watched Home Alone, too, like me, right? Okay. Um, so then the, the Sunday games, um, we had Giants over Bengals, uh, Giants are four and seven, and now they're on top of the NFC East, you know, keeping track of that ever so competitive division. Bengals are two, eight and one. Um, Danny Dimes got, got injured. He hurt his hammy. They're not expecting him to be out very long. Um, the fun thing about recording on Thursday mornings is that, you know, now you got all the injury updates because. The week so fucking long. Um, and then you had the, the Dolphins over the Jets. Uh, Dolphins are 7-4 and four and Jets are still winless. Um, Fitz magic, man. I mean, so they play him uh, because of uh, Tua's got a thumb issue. So, you know, I, I had mentioned that I had Tua last week. I am convinced that I am a fantasy football quarterback jinx. Um, I had Drew Brees, and he gets hit by a dump truck. I have uh, Joe Burrows, and basically his knees disconnected from his body. I had Tua, and he put up negative three points and hurt his thumb. So I pick up Derek Carr, and we will get to that. Um, but it doesn't go preview. It does not go well. Um, I actually text Cohen and thought about trading for Rodgers for just the Sunday night game, just so he sat on my roster so he could fucking fail. Um, spoiler alert, that didn't happen either. But anyway, so the Jets, so so the Dolphins, they put Fitzmagic, uh, he puts up 20, he wins over him or whatever. And something about that I liked was that Flores is getting like real irritated with the press, you know, about the whole Tua and uh, Fitzpatrick thing. And he's like, about Tua starting. And he's like, I don't know how many, this is what he says. I don't know how many different ways to say it. You keep asking the same question and I'll keep answering it the same way. Like, he's got a point though. Like, fuck off already, guys. Like, why are you doing this? Like, why, why is it such a big deal that you know who's starting or whatever? Like, just let him do his shit and get over it. Uh, Jag, uh, the, so yeah. So anyway, uh, then we've got the Pats over the cards. Um, 
Patriots are five and six. Cardinals are six and five. Uh, Nick Folt had that little buzzer kick. This game did not look like it was very good. I, I didn't get to watch it, but from what I saw, from neither quarterback had a touchdown. Uh, Mr. Peanut had two ex- interceptions. I don't know how you. I don't know. That just seemed like, and and you know maybe Kyler Murray still has that shoulder issue or whatever. But from what I'm seeing, it looks like. Uh, you know, they, they've lost. They're not looking so hot. They need to step it up. But like I said, new guy, new system, whatever. You know, maybe they'll work out all the kinks and, and get into the playoffs. I believe they're in the hunt. Um, Bills over Chargers. Chargers, I love those fucking dark unis they wear. Those just, I love them. And uh, Bills are 8-3. and three. Chargers are 3-8. and eight. Bills, I, I got to tell you, you know, um, Bills, I think, are a little better than people are giving them credit for. And I hate that I share that same thought with Collinsworth because I really fucking hate when I share anything with Collinsworth. But, you know, whatever. Um, I just think the Bills are I'm I'm interested to see how the Bills do. And I believe the Steelers are going to play the Bills in about two weeks. So there's a game I really want to see. Uh, I'm really looking for the Steelers to get a loss, so I'm really feeling like I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna be real petty and choppy, and I want the Steelers to get a loss, so I want the Bills to give it to them. I'm feeling it. Um, something about the Chargers was I had mentioned that Tyrod Taylor had gotten that uh, injection in his lung, and they punctured his lung, and he decided he is not going to sue them for that sue the team doctor for that which uh, there's got to be more to that story but that's all I got for now and it seems interesting that he wouldn't sue for that because that seems very negligent I feel like if you're a doctor you probably know where the lungs are and if you're going to jab a needle into someone's chest you probably know know where the lungs are right uh so we'll wait to see how that turns out browns are eight and three uh, they beat the Jags. Jags only have one win. They're one and ten. They put in Mike Glennon, which is uh, real fun for Bears fans. You know, he did put up twenty five points. So, fucking <laughs> Mike Glennon. And then the Jags are like, the Jags fired their D, their GM, and and then they're like, oh well, we're gonna go with Glennon. <laughs> like you have no choice. Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, fucking Mike Glennon, man. So Titans, they're eight and three. They beat the Colts seven and four. I mean, this game was won from Derrick Henry and AJ Brown with, with you know, assists from AJ Brown. But Derrick Henry, man, that dude, fucking, he can play this game very well. Uh, Vikings over Panthers. Uh, Vikings five and six. Panthers are four and eight. It, it came up to a last minute touchdown. And honestly, Panthers, you couldn't have helped us Bears fans out and uh, given the Vikings a loss, but. I don't know what their deal is, but it didn't look didn't look very good on either team. And then Kirk Cousins gets the fucking NFC player of the week or whatever. Yeah, fuck him. Um, Falcons, four and, uh, Falcons over Raiders. Falcons are four and seven. Raiders are six and five. So I fucking so I fucking pick up Carr right. And, and I go all about how the Raven, the Raiders looked good against the Chiefs and blah, blah, blah. And then they play a fucking terrible-ass game against the Falcons. Like, truly horrific. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm really hoping that, you know, it's the playoffs this week for fantasy. And I'm really hoping that Derek Carr puts it up this week because he just had a baby. And maybe last week was a fluke. 
but uh, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, all right, so we got the Saints. Saints were nine and two. They're nine and two now. They were over the Broncos. They're four and seven. And I mean, you kind of felt like that was going to happen. I mean, you had um, Taysom Hill, but then you also had uh, their the Broncos QB, and I don't remember his name, but he had one completed pass for thirteen yards. I mean, that's still pretty good for a dude that fucking never played a down of football and is, or you know, hasn't played as QB or played in college maybe or something. I don't know. It was like real fucked up. And I still can't believe that they made them play that game. But, uh, you know, Taysom Hill's still fighting that good fight on stopping the Camaro train for me. So thanks for that, bud. Uh, Niners over Rams, which is a, is a, huge, it's a pretty big upset. I, I don't know why everybody keeps giving the Rams such praise. I mean, they're, they're okay. They're 7-4. and four. Niners are 5-6. and six. But, you know, the reason why they won that game was because the gold standard – Robbie Gold with the last minute buzzer kick. And of course, like, why did we ever give this dude up? And then he's just going to play for the Niners till he retires and just be fucking dope. And we're just going to have to look on the sidelines at our little white whale and be like, we could have had that. That could have been us. Mm. And then we had the Chiefs over Bucks, and this game was just fucking awesome. I got to tell you, I know that the Steelers are undefeated, but I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. The Chiefs have something that really is truly special. I mean, not only are you, not only is Patrick Mahomes, you know, cool, calm, collected, but he has a slew of receivers, and, and not many of them can do what Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can but they will make it happen. And I feel like Andy Reid really is doing the best he can. And honestly, I think they got a pretty damn good shot. I, I, I mean, Steelers don't play them in the regular season, so they're going to have to wait till the playoffs to fucking uh, see what they're up against. But I got to tell you, if the Steelers are playing the Chiefs and taking Chiefs, I'll die. Uh, Chiefs are 10-1. and one. They beat the Bucks 7-5. and five. Uh, Something about this game, a couple of uh, things about this game that I very much enjoyed was that we got Tony Romo on this one, and he straight up was putting a full-blown football education on the table for this game, just trying to explain why Brady was doing what he's doing and this and that. And it really, you know, because there are a lot of questions, you know, why isn't Brady better? Why aren't they better? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, to be fair, they're seven and five. So it's not, you know, they're, they're, no, they're not bearsing out. So, you know, we can, they can probably take some of the, the heat off Brady at this point. Um, but it does seem like him and Arians aren't getting along very well. It does seem that there's a lot of disconnect there. Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown seems to be doing pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, he's got he's to kind of work his way back into the system. And he seems to be doing a pretty good job at it. Um, I do like a, a chirping Brady. We had Brady who was, uh, <laughs> he was chirping at tr- Chris Jones, which you don't really see that a lot from Brady. And I felt like that was really, really insane. Uh, I enjoyed that. But the biggest part about this game, and um, it was funny because I said last week, my Monday Night Miracle was that I needed 60 points from Robert Woods. And you're like, who would get fucking 60 points? Tyree Kill. Got 60 fucking points in our fantasy league. And that is insane this week. And the only person to put up more points in ESPN fantasy is Jerry Rice. And that was in 1990. And he put up 60 point, 65.5 points. So holy fucking shit, Tyreek Hill. 
Um, so hit, he put up 203 yards in the first quarter, and that's the, that hasn't happened since 1991, baby. And I loved it, and he was great. And then he did this whole thing with uh, Phil Sims later about how, how he felt when Mahomes got drafted. And he was like, man, I thought this guy wasn't shit. I thought he was tr- trash. And Mahomes was like, dude, what the fuck? Um, but they seem like they got a good relationship going on. And, and I got to tell you, I don't know who's rolling on the Chiefs. You know, I think that that loss of the Raiders was a fluke, and I don't see it happening again. I mean, it didn't, and it won't, because they already play the Ra- Raiders again. And uh, But I, I don't see any team beating these Chiefs, man. Barring a absolute burrows breeze style injury, I don't see this team going down anytime soon. Um, all right, so then it's like, do we do the Bears-Packers now? It's like, do we want to just hurt ourselves, or do we want to wait a minute? Um All right, let's fucking do it. So they got Sunday night, and you're thinking, you're like, oh, my God, sweet Jesus, we got Sunday night. Now we're going to get Collinsworth talking shit about the fucking Bears and Al Michaels with his little one-liners. But the Thanksgiving God shined upon us, shined, shone, shined, shined upon us. (laughs) And we got Tony Dungy, coach. And Mike Tirico, Mikey, as I call him. And uh, thank fucking God, because even though I think Mikey is truly horrific as a broadcaster, his cadence is choppy and he just like is such a football dork. I anything was better than getting Michaels and Collinsworth. I thought it was really fucking awesome that we got them. Um, Although not to be underdone, we did have to listen to Collinsworth's rancid seed in the beginning. Jack Collinsworth, J.A.C., and uh, he wore, he was like, oh my God, I couldn't handle him. And of course, he was sucking the Packers' dick like they, all the Collinsworth seems to do. Um, and in the pregame, you know, we had a lot of Jim McMahon, which I very much enjoyed. Uh, you don't get to see that dude too often. Psych, you see him everywhere in Chicago because we love him and he's awesome and I was into it. Um, this game, you know, here's the thing. You go into the Bears-Packers games as a Bears fan, and you know that it's going to be tough to win. You just know it. I mean, and with the what we the the what we've been through this season, you and where we're at, and even though we're coming off a bye, Packers are coming off a loss. You thought that maybe the Bears had a chance, but here's the thing: is that Rodgers likes to play the Bears, and he likes to beat the Bears, and he likes to beat them at home, and. He will be very vocal about it. And even though it makes me want to punch him in a stupid face, um, it's what it is. And I don't know why everybody seems to be a little bit more butthurt about the fact that we lost this game uh, this time. It seems to have more of an impact. Maybe it's because a lot of coaches are getting fired. A lot of teams are switching it up. A lot of teams aren't doing as well. And people are wondering why Pace and and, um, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have jobs. And I don't know. I mean, it's like we're still five and six, which, you know, the Niners are five and six. I don't The Vikings are five and six. I don't know if this is sweetening the deal. The Patriots are five and six. Like, I don't know if these stats are sweetening it up for you here, but um, I just I, I don't know. It seemed to be a little bit more earth shattering than usual. 
Um, I will tell you that, you know, as a Bears fan watching Bears and Packers for so many years, that there something needs to be done about the refs at Lambeau. And here's the thing. You can sit there as a Packers fan and say, well, we won, we won, we won. Okay, sure, you did win, but here's what's up. They missed two face, two consecutive face mask calls on Trubisky. They missed uh, two. They, they were holding Khalil Mack all fucking day, all fucking day. Like um, uh, the Packers punched Miller in the helmet and they didn't call it. Like all this shit you can see on TV and then they're not calling it. I just don't understand why. And like it just didn't seem like, okay, I get it. The Bears were going to lose this game, okay? There was very little hope that the Bears were going to win this game. But at least make it fucking fair. You cannot miss two consecutive face mask calls on Mitchie and then try to tell me that, you know. Then you sit there and you're like, oh, the Packers are so fucking great. I don't know, man. You got a lot of help. Okay, it didn't help that Mitch threw two, uh, you know, threw two or he threw three interceptions, but, and they capitalized on all of them. Uh, they got points out of every single interception, which is what you do as a team when you're when the opposing team throws an interception. You capitalize, and that's what they did. And but he did he did have three TDs, but he did do it in a Bears fashion, where after it was already way blown out, there was no possibility or hope of winning, and all the pressure was taken off. Then we scored our TDs. Okay, well, also the dude hasn't played in a while. You know, I mean, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't seem like we're getting any better. That seemed to be a very, very frustrating play uh, game. But, you know, Akeem Hicks wasn't in. He's huge. Uh, you're, if you're holding Khalil Mack, he's, you know, you're, you're putting two guys on him, which you should unless you're a damn fool. But if you're going to hold him and they're not going to call it, they're going to keep holding him all game. And, and, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like that was particularly just. But... I'm not going to get a lot of love out of that from the Packers fans. That's for fucking sure. Because they've been doing it for, I don't know, the beginning of time at Lambeau on the Bears. So why not fucking continue it? Um, And you can tell that the refs have been a little rough on the Bears too this year. I mean, I had mentioned before about Fuller and all of that. And, and um, you know, after they make a tackle like Buster Screen and um, Fuller and Trevathan and Roquan Smith, you know, they make a tackle and then they put their hands up immediately because they're getting called so many times that they, they just know. It's just like this sense of like, I didn't touch. I was never there. I didn't touch them. It wasn't me. I just, uh, it, I don't know. It just seems kind of fucked up. Um, I didn't really understand why you just like kept Rogers in that long. It just seemed kind of like you were grinding it in, but like I said, Rodgers really makes it vocal about how he likes to beat the Bears, and it really makes me want to punch him in his stupid face. Um, I really did enjoy uh, the announcers. I, I just felt like it was so refreshing to get a set of announcers that didn't hate the Bears or weren't really grinding it in. I mean, Tony Dungy is so fucking cool. Like, he's just so fucking cool, and he does this game – and he's talking about how hopeful he is of the Bears, and he's talking like a coach, and then he's talking like an announcer or like a broadcaster. He just, like, his whole, everything about him, I just very much enjoyed. And, and you know, he has kind of like a, a little bit of like a drawl to his speech, but you never feel like he's behind in, in, 
in his comments, and uh, I liked it. And I don't know, maybe I'm just so fucking sick of Chris Collinsworth, but it felt really refreshing and nice, and I was into it. And, and I'll just continue to say, you know, he should buy the Bears. All right, so... Um, oh, and that was another thing they showed McCaskey. They bring this bitch out to fucking Lambeau for this game. Come on, man. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing there, but I think she sits at home for that one. All right, so then we got the uh, we got the Monday night. I get well before I get to Monday night. I guess I should say that they basically, as of today, they've said that Nagy and Pace's jobs are legit. I don't know why that is, but sure. I mean, I guess I'm into Nagy more than I am Pace. I, I really like Matt Nagy. I, I shouldn't say I guess. I like Matt, Matt Nagy. I don't like Ryan Pace. I don't believe he's made any good decisions, and I think he should be out. Uh, he gets some pretty good haircuts, though, so more power to that. So Monday night, uh, we had Seahawks. They're 8-3 over the Eagles, 3-7-1. And, and I, I mean, come on. The fucking Eagles are so terrible, and I went into them la- on, in on them last podcast. And, and speaking of announcers, um, I would say that we got off easy because the way that they ripped into the fucking Eagles was super brutal on Monday night, and I'm super here for it because I hate the Eagles, but it was just so funny to me, and they really tore them up pretty good. And uh, I got to say, you know, I'm just in love with DK Metcalf. So they put Darius Slay Jr. on him, and he couldn't keep up, and he tried. But there's just something about DK. It's just, like, so frustrating for the safeties that are covering him that can't. And then he, like, jars at them to the point where they just get so fucking riled up that they, they, he's, an, he's a great agitator, DK. And then they do something stupid, and they get penalized, and DK laughs and laughs and laughs and... Um, he changed his hair to purple, so, you know, got that, got that little, like, Ramona Flowers thing going on, so he changes it to purple. Um, a little, so, and I, you know, he kind of figured that the Seahawks were going to win that game, and, uh, good for them. I'm kind of into the Seahawks these days. I don't know. Why not? Um, something fun about that game, a little, a little note that they had mentioned that I thought was kind of absolutely insane was that the Seahawks are the only team with zero COVID positive tests. I don't understand how that's possible. Um, but fuck dude, way to go. Um, I love it. So then we, we were supposed to get Tuesday night football, but now we got Wednesday afternoon football yesterday and it was the Steelers and the Ravens, and so the Steelers uh, won. So they're they're still undefeated, eleven and zero. The Ravens are six and five, and you know what? The Steelers. I don't. You know, after that game, uh, Benny and Tomlin, uh, Mike Tomlin, said that they did not think that they played a very good game, and I'm inclined to agree. They barely won this game, and they were playing against essentially a practice squad. Like, this team, they're all still, uh, you know, have COVID. They're, they were playing RG3. He gets injured. They put in um, Trace McSorley. And I just, you know, like, these guys, are they've played, like, you know, a couple of downs of football, and that's it. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's, I just don't feel like, you know, whatever. They're, they're fucking undefeated. I can feel whatever I want. The bottom line is, they're fucking undefeated, so whatever. Um, and, you know, we had Tariko again, and he's such a fucking dork. Him and Collinsworth were the announcers, and 
they must have gave Big Al the, the week off, but man, Mikey's such a little dork. So yeah, so that that's that's how we sum that up. So that should be interesting to see how it plays out. And um it's been a it's gonna continue to be kind of a crazy year, you know. We're gonna see how many how many uh cub, what they're gonna do with the NFL and how many Cubs players are are gonna go and come and how our little team's gonna form and you know, again, big ups to Schwarber. Just love him so much. And I really wish that – I just think it just hurts more maybe because we didn't get the season to see them play in person, and that, that just sucks. Um, but I, I'll harp on it for another day, and then I'll try to get over it. And uh, just something fun that I thought the whole week, and, and it might be because they kept showing all these videos, but I miss Marshawn Lynch in, in the NFL – you know, something, he delivers turkeys in, in Hawaii or whatever, and then, like, that's what he did this year, and then they had the video of him and Sherman on the sidelines when he played for the Seahawks, and he's like, what are you doing? You want to come over? Sherman was like, you want to come over to my house for uh, for Thanksgiving dinner? And Marshawn Lynch was like, no, I'm going to hand out turkeys in my old hood. <laughs> like, just super cash. No, I'm going to hand out turkeys. I love that. I love him. And then he was t- he did that thing with uh, Peyton Manning where he was talking about what his pregame ritual was. And he took a shot and a half. And Manning was like, oh, what, like tequila? And he goes, no, Hennessy. That's <laughs> the way he says it. I just fucking miss that dude. He's just a, a, a cool dude. And I, I enjoyed seeing him talk to the press. So, you know, a little love to Marshawn Lynch at the end of this one. So that's it. And, um, you know. That's episode seven for you. MZ Sports, I'm MZ. Have a good week.